Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. I am sad the Bulls didn't win the draft lottery, Tony. Say something to take my mind off of that. Tony Kornheiser, here's something. Over their last four games, the Cubs have been outscored 40 to 11. How's that? Yeah, that, that, that nice start we got off to, that's, that's done. That's yeah. over. Can't feel bad, Mike. You get in the hockey. You get in the hockey. We, you get in the can't miss star in the hockey, right? You got to feel good. And the good last about time that. we won the hockey lottery and drafted first, it was Patrick Kane, and we won three. Three. But I was three. hoping for Will Banyama. I was going to get season yeah. tickets to everything back home, everything, and now not so much. Yeah, you know what's a good idea? Get season tickets in San Antonio instead. Welcome <laughs> to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Spurs win Wimbanyama, Pete and the Celtics tip off, and Scott Van Velt joins us to preview the PGA Championship. But we begin today with the Denver Nuggets winning game one of their conference final series with the Lakers last night. The Nuggets were ahead by over 20 points from much of the game, but the Lakers closed strong and were within three points with less than a minute to go. Afterwards, Anthony Davis said the Lakers were encouraged by their play in the second half. Wilbon, should they be? Yeah, Tony, I think so. I mean, I, I'm not going to say, you know, they should be happy because they lost a game. And when you go lose game one to Denver like that and you got a player as great as the Joker, I mean, it's not like you're going to be in the pole position to win game two, and they kind of need to get one of those first two. But I just thought a couple of impressions from that. Uh, Darvin Ham is really good. A couple of former Washingtonians, Tom, Wizards, uh, he put Rui Hachimura in an in-game adjustment on Joker. Try something to slow him down. Because Joker's first half was, I mean, it was wilt-like. It was insane. It was a combination of, like, Wilt and, 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 and Russell and Bill Walton. And he was just dominating the game in every way imaginable. And so I thought that the Lakers really found something that might work. Now, that same thing may not work in game two. But Darvin Ham, I mean, he, I, he is really a hell of a coach. And I know it's still his first year. He and LeBron together, they seemed to figure out some stuff last night. That's the impression I walk away with. And so encourage, Tony, is a fair and reasonable word and concept to me from, from what I took away. So, yeah, so let me deal with that. Should the Lakers be encouraged? They closed well. That's nice. Yeah. But they lost the game. Yeah. Anthony Davis had 40 points. How many games in the series is he going to get 40 points? He and LeBron got 66 together, and they did not win that game. So where I agree with you is this. I believe they have to win game two. That's where their encouragement will come from if they right. have figured this out and they win game two. That's an important, I mean, to me, that's an important thing. I, Anthony Davis uses the word encourage. Let me give you a LeBron quote because the LeBron quote to me is fabulous. Quote, in the postseason, it doesn't matter if you cut it to one or you're down 20. If you lose, you lose. That's reality to me. And, and also, I mean, Nikola Jokic, this is an unbelievable line in a playoff yes. game against yes. Anthony Davis, who's as big as he is and is a really good defender. Mike, 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists. Yeah. That's a, an astonishing He's line. He's great. Tony, again, it, people don't know Nikola Jokic, and now they're tuning in on the big, big stage. This is in the bubble. I mean, they're going to go to Denver, and they're going to come back across the street from me right here in Los Angeles, and people are seeing Nikola Jokic. He's a wonder. And Anthony Davis absolutely held his own last night, but yet 
his coach had to go to like a plan B defensively late, and he did it. And it worked to a great degree, but it, it, it was a nice chess match, so a really nice game one, a really nice game one. The Eastern Conference Finals begin tonight in Boston. The Celtics are the favorites, but Heat star Jimmy Butler said yesterday, quote, this year is our year. We're going to go into this game one and do what we're supposed to do and be the first one to four, close quote. Tony, you said yesterday you're picking the Celtics after hearing from Jimmy Buckets. You still with Boston? Yeah, I'm picking the Celtics because they finished second in the conference and Miami finished seventh and it's the same conference and it's relatively the same schedule. And I'm picking the Celtics because they are healthy and Miami is still missing Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo. And I'm picking the Celtics because they got to the NBA Finals last year and to do it, they beat Miami in Miami in Game 7. Jimmy Butler is a great playoff player. It's beginning to look like Jason Tatum is a great player playoff player as well. And I would just remind people that when Jimmy Butler says this is our year, just a few weeks ago, when they had to play Atlanta in a play-in game, Jimmy Butler guaranteed the victory. And Atlanta beat him, I believe, in Miami. And Jimmy Butler was 6 for 19 in that game. Yeah, yeah. I I think that Jimmy Butler should feel this way. There's no other way for him to feel that they're going to go take game one. I mean, this is what he ought to say. So I don't I'm not putting any stock in that. I put a lot of stock in the way Jimmy Butler plays in these playoff games, and I'm interested to see tonight. Look, Tony, the the, the league now is for 100 years, it was about the greatest of the big men. And then it became just a slew of great, great guards. Great, the the best guards maybe of all time. But wingmen rule this league now. Whether you go from Kawhi Leonard a few years ago and now you got Tatum and Brown on, on the Celtics and you have Jimmy Butler who fits that description. Of course, you're talking about LeBron, but you're talking about Jimmy Butler in this series. And Butler's going to be confronted with two guys who are going to be two huge speed bumps. And when they both play well, Tony, which is what I'm sort of thinking will happen too, and I'm like you, I'm saying, okay, Boston's just got too much. I mean, Jimmy Butler's great, but he's going to have to trump both these dudes, and I don't know that I see that. But Jimmy Butler has become a treat. In the spring, I want to see him, and I want to see an Eric Spolstra coach team, and you're not going to get cheated when you see that. So I'm looking forward to game one. Let's stay in the NBA but move off the court. The big look-ahead news for the league last night was that San Antonio won the draft lottery and the opportunity to pick Victor Wembanyama. Wilbon, does this feel like a good fit to you? It feels, like, it feels like the perfect fit. If he wasn't going to my team, or one of them, he's going to a place, Tony, where they know how to nurture, shield when necessary, protect, develop, demand the organization, and particularly the head coach, Greg Popovich. And I don't know at Pop now in 70-ish, I don't, I don't know how long he's going to stay. He can do whatever he wants. He's earned that with his, with his, his resume. But just even being in that town, to have gone with David Robinson at number one and had a massive jump into prominence. And then Tim Duncan, of course, who came in to supplement already a, a championship, David Robinson at one to win, to win multiples. And now this kid in France, they got French players. You know, Tony Parker, he's pretty intimately familiar with Tony Parker and Boris Diaw. All the pieces seem to fit, all of them. Yeah, I mean, I said this yesterday that that San Antonio, among the teams with the best chance of getting him, 
Houston, Detroit, San Antonio. San Antonio, I was favorably disposed to in that regard. I think that the connection with Tony Parker is very important. He played so many games with Greg Popovich, and he is French, and Wembanyama is French. And Wembanyama played on Tony Parker's team and was coached by Tony Parker's brother. I think that has to give him a comfort level. I mean, I really do. I think that has to give him a comfort level. And I'm sort of glad. And I mean, I don't know anything about the kid. I know he's young, and I know he's from France. But he's not going to a big city with a suffocating media presence. He's going to a place, a small city, where he can be nurtured, as you say, and take a little time to grow into this thing. So... To me, the perfect place was Charlotte with Jordan, but San Antonio yeah. is a good place for him. It's a good it place. Let's take, take them a break. a while, Tony. It may take them a while to get enough players to contend. Uh, you looked pretty no, good yesterday when, when, when Michael week. was on the clock and had a shot at winning that thing. You looked pretty good yesterday. It's all right. It's okay. Let's take a break. Coming up, PGA Championship begins tomorrow. John Rahm won the Masters, so should he be considered the favorite at Oak Hill? We're going to ask Scott Van Pelt. We'll also ask him about the state of Rory McIlroy's relationship with the PGA Tour. A young kid who comes in like this with this kind of baggage to be such a superstar, you don't want him in New York or Philadelphia or Chicago or L.A. You don't. It's too hard. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. The PGA Championship tees off tomorrow, which makes it a perfect time to welcome in our man in Rochester. Mr. Scott Van Pelt. Scott, so let's start with this John Rahm. John Rahm won the Masters. He's won six wins since October. He's number one in the world. Do you make him a heavy favorite in the PGA? Not heavy because I think that there are certainly not a long list of contenders, Tony, but a reasonable list of players who, if they won, would not be surprised. But if you're asking me who is the favorite, just based on the fact that every round John Rahm plays, I expect him to shoot 66 or 67. He is the favorite. But I do think that there are specific things a player must do well here uh, that others can do that give them an opportunity to think that they're not too far behind John. Well, Scott, I'm going to ask you about a couple of guys I think would be surprised people on that list you mentioned. Phil and Brooks Kepka, 
sort of, some would say, outperformed expectations at the Masters, finishing tied for second, of course, behind Rahm. How does this set up for either or both of them? Are we going to get a double dip in the surprise land? I can't imagine that Phil would have the type of week that he had at Augusta National simply because you're going to have to drive the ball not just reasonably well, Michael. You're going to have to drive it exceptionally well all week long. I like Brooks Kepka. I think that Brooks will – I told you at the Masters I thought he would contend, and he did. I like Kepka to play well again here. Uh, I, he pounds it. He can fly the ball a mile. Uh, if he drives the ball well, I absolutely think he'll be in contention. But I would be, I'd be very surprised if, if Phil were able to drive it well enough for four rounds to be anywhere near the position he found himself at Augusta. I want to ask you uh, about Rory, of course, who's been a big topic of discussion going into this. The PGA Tour, of course, withheld $3 million, that bonus money, at least this far, from Rory after he pulled out of the heritage. What is his sort of state of relationship with the tour now? We also heard him say yesterday that he was just going to sort of stay away from tour versus tour conversation for the next few weeks mm -hmm. and concentrate on him uh, where does this all put him, Scott? I think Rory, uh, as we know, right, he's, he's thoughtful, he's interesting, he's a great soundbite uh, because he is all the things I just described. I, I believe that, that a lot was on his plate from last summer forward, right? He became the de facto voice of the tour. He didn't ask for that role. He, he sort of was thrust into it, and then he didn't ask out of it. And after a year's worth of this, I don't blame him for sort of raising his hand and saying, I'm good. <laughs> right? You know where I stand about all of this. And after he missed the cut, Michael, at Augusta, and he did not play down uh, at Harbortown, it did cost him $3 bucks. Now, to be clear, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but this was that, uh, this was that uh, player of the PIP money um, for the sort of social media presence and all the different ways that you can amplify the tour, and it was $12 bucks, and so he's getting $3 million less of it. He's obscenely wealthy. It's not like someone came and took it out of a safe in his home. So the, the, money, the money piece is not something to concern ourselves with. I just think Rory needed a 20-second, made it a full, and just needed to hit the reset button on a lot of things, and that's probably useful for anybody, and I don't blame him. I think, as I described with Kepka, Rory drives it as well as anyone on earth. He'd be a guy I would not be shocked at all if he played well here, particularly coming out of a bit of time where I think he kind of reassessed. Scott, let me go back to something you said earlier in the conversation, that there are certain players out here who have certain skills that can handle mm. this particular course maybe as well or maybe even better than Rom. What, what are those, who are those players and what are those things at this particular course? What are its idiosyncrasies? It... It, it, it demands that you hit your ball off the tee into the fairway, period. Now, I, I shouldn't say period, maybe comma, a long ways out there. You've got to be able to move it off the tee, but it has to be straight because the rough here is going to be so, uh, so 
punishing, so penalizing, that I think it eliminates you if you don't do that. And then from there, uh, ball, being uh, uh, ball striking and off the tee are combined are what you are looking for. So I'm talking about a Morikawa. I'm talking about a Victor Hovland. I'm talking about a name that might not be at the top of everyone's list, but it's a Gary Woodland who has won a major championship. Those are the things you've got to do uh, to give yourself a chance. I haven't said Scotty, Sheff uh, Scotty Scheffler let yet he can clearly do all of those things uh, i just i just think if you're a little bit reckless a little bit wayward you you have zero chance none at oak hill so hit it a long way hit it straight and then from there you're going to have to be precise to give yourself the spots on the greens where you'll have chances to make birdies Guys, there just aren't that many holes that you're going to see players have great opportunities for birdie. You, there's not the 13th at Augusta where you say you should make birdie here. There, that hole just doesn't exist out here at Oak Hill. Pars are going to be good scores, so it, it feels a bit like a U.S. Open in that sense, uh, Tony. But it's driving, it's ball striking. Maybe that's boring, but it's going to really add up nicely here. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. I went to college in Binghamton, which is south of Rochester. And in Binghamton in mid-May... I've been there for three to five inches of snow. Is weather <laughs> going to be a factor at Rochester? Because I think this morning it was in the 30s. It, it was, Tony. I'm, a, I'm anticipating a, a weather delay on Thursday. I, it'll, there'll be a frost delay almost certainly, which means that my wake-up call... Uh, I'm getting up early regardless uh, to, to see all of, my, all of our friends on ESPN Plus, 7 a.m. Eastern time. I don't think we'll be talking about golf at that point. I, I feel certain <laughs> that there'll be a delay. There's supposed to be a little rain later in the week as well. Uh, I don't think it's the, anything like what we saw at Augusta, but cold temperatures will be a, a, a factor early. I feel like if you go late Thursday, early Friday, that might be the, the benefit. We often see a wave in, uh, sort of impact which a side of the draw has a better of it. I think late, early Thursday, Friday is where you want to be given what we're anticipating finding. Thank you so much, Scott. Have a Thank good time you, broadcasting it. No frost delays yep. out Appreciate here, it. baby. We don't do frost out west. No. Uh -uh. The live you stream. I miss you. I love you. Be good, boys. <laughs> be good. The live stream of the PGA Championship begins on ESPN Plus tomorrow morning, as Scott said, at 7 a.m. Eastern. Live coverage on ESPN begins at 1 p.m. Let's take one last break, but still to come. The Jays get a Yankee starter tossed for sticky stuff. I'm so tired of sticky stuff conversation already. James Harden is reportedly opting out and wants a four-year deal, four years more of James Harden. Anybody going to give him that? Three to five inches on May 17th in Binghamton, New York. Yeah. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Happy time, people. Happy 61st birthday, Kim Mulkey. Mulkey won the NCAA title last month in her second year as LSU coach. She had previously won three NCAAs at Baylor, not to mention a title as a player in 1982 at Louisiana Tech. So among women's basketball coaches, only Gino Oriem and the late Pat Summit have more rings than Mulkey. LSU should be loaded again next year. The Lady Tigers return Angel Reese, the Final Four MVP, and SEC Freshman of the Year, Flaje Johnson. Plus, they've gone to the transfer portal to get All-Americans Anissa Morrow from DePaul and Haley Van Lift from Louisville. So get ready for more sparkly and feathery jackets from Mulkey. Tony, I mean, aren't you going to want to see South Carolina and LSU? I mean, you're going to want to see that matchup. You're going to want to see LSU and Kim Mulkey every time they play. I mean, she's 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 gone there and built a monster. Yeah, I want to see Iowa in that quickly. mix too. Iowa, Iowa yeah. in the mix too. Happy anniversary! Yeah, happy anniversary, Phillies. Around this day, 44 years ago, the Phillies beat the Cubs in Wrigley 23-22 in the highest scoring baseball game in modern MLB history. Phillies got seven runs in the top of the first. Cubs came back with six in the bottom. Starting pitchers Fred Lurch of Philadelphia and Dennis Lamp of Chicago chased after one third of an inning giving up a combined 11 earned runs. Philly put up eight more runs in the third. They were up 17-6 in the fourth. But the Cubs caught fire. They scored 13 runs in the next three innings. Eventually, a Cubs single tied the game at 22-22 in the eighth. And ultimately, Mike Schmidt at a homer off Bruce Souter in the 10th for the 23-22 final. One of the thrilling Cub games ever. Of course, a loss back then. I think WGN did an alternate broadcast ending for that in the winter in the offseason and I think WGN wisely with Jack House Jack Brickhouse streaming hey hey had Ernie Banks hit a home run to win it that's about the only way the Cubs are going to win some of those games in the 70s happy trails Domingo Herman the Yankee starter was ejected last night by umpire James Hoy who said of Herman's goopy hand it's a quote it's the stickiest hand I've ever felt the Yankees beat the Blue Jays last night 6-3 largely because Aaron Judge didn't peek into his dugout and still hit a 448-foot two-run homer to give the Yankees a 5-3 lead. Judge was steamed that the Blue Jays basically accused him of cheating the night before when he peeked into his dugout before hitting a home run. Curiously, the Blue Jays reliever who served up that home run, Jay Jackson, conceded he may have been tipping his pitches, and Jackson was summarily <laughs> dispatched to AAA after that game. Doesn't that force you, if you're that team, to issue an apology? After your pitcher goes out and says, uh, you know, I was probably tipping my pitches, huh? I would think. Let's go to the big finish. Let's Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report reports that your boy James Harden will opt out of his contract and pursue a four-year deal. Your thoughts? You want to pay James Harden like $200 million until he's like 37, 38 years old from what you just saw? You'd be a fool for to, to deal out some max deal like that. Adam Silver says the NBA is investigating Ja but assumes the worst, your reaction. Uh, Adam Silver thinks it was a gun, and you can't have a gun. Voters in Tempe, Arizona, struck down three propositions to approve a new stadium for the Coyotes. What does that mean? I like having a team in Arizona, Tony, but the team ought to be in Canada. That's what it really means. Justin Verlander gave up six runs, eight hits, five over five yesterday. Cause for concern? If it's an outlier, no. His first two starts were pretty good. But he's 40 years old. Not everybody's Tom Brady. Last one, who are you picking, Wilbon, to win the PGA Championship? How about Colin Moore Coward? Drives it straight, has everything else to win a PGA Championship. Oh, wait. He's already won one. I'll go with Colin Moore. Yeah, he's won. He's got two majors. We're out of time.
Try and do better the next time. Chris Sanger at the PGA, shout out. Woodstock Golf Club Pro. I'm Mike Wilbon. We are bumped by golf until Monday, knuckleheads. And now, here's sports. Center.